on InTech today. This week, Apple has introduced a new Siri-based speaker to compete with the offerings from Amazon and Google. Is it too little too late? And today is polling day here in the UK after an election period which, in which tech companies were more active than usual. And our techno dinosaur has a new phone, but she's having trouble setting it up. As always, you can join the conversation on Twitter. We're at InTechTodayPod. I'm Josh Weiss. I'm Ed Swift. And this is your fuss-free, low-fat, no-frills guide to the week in technology, gadgets and the internet. It's in tech today. Hello, in tech today, 8th of June. We're in June still. Polling day. Yay! Election day. Thank. If you are in the UK and you're watching this live, go vote. If you haven't yet. If you haven't yet. If you have voted, you. You can't vote again, sorry. Just one, just the once just per the election, one please. Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, episode, what, are we 16? 17. 17. Yeah, man. Man, time flies. We're almost in it? our 20s. We can drink next week. Ooh. 18. Well, unless you're in America. Unless we're in America. Yeah, a few more episodes till we're 21. Yeah. It's enough music, eh? Yeah. Um, last week, uh, we had a chat about the BA meltdown. And, uh, <laughs> how, how a whole airline can fall over. From one power failure. And we've got a bit of an update on that this week. We do. So we were talking last week about how BA's entire computer system fell over uh, and grounded the airline for a whole day, which was also a long weekend and the first weekend of school holidays. Mm -hmm. Worst time for it to happen, except maybe Christmas. (laughs) Awful. So at the time, BA said it looked like it was a power surge. And we were a bit dubious on, on how a power surge could topple a whole airline. Clarification this week from British Airways. Um, apparently one guy unplugged one power source and knocked out the whole airline. So, wait, BA alleged that someone turned it off and turned it on again, which Im- usually yeah. fixes the issue. Important to say BA allege. Yeah. Because that's what the story they're sticking with. Um, perhaps they just want one head to roll. I don't know. But the, the fact that one person can unplug one power... I mean, we've all unplugged the wrong thing before, right? Yeah. You know, I'm in the middle of boiling the kettle and I need to plug the toaster and I accidentally unplug the kettle. And you've wondered why your coffee's cold. Yeah. yeah. So we've all done that. It happens. So <laughs> accidentally unplugging one thing should not kill a whole airline. But that's... That's by the by. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more that comes out over this as they investigate what exactly happened. It's just crazy that could happen. If you want to hear more about the BA meltdown, you can go back and download last week's episode. Of course, as always, just searching Tech Today in your favourite podcast app. We're not here to tell you which app to use. We're just here to tell you which podcast to listen to. We, we would, yeah, exactly. Listen to us, not the rest, but listen to us however you want. Yep. Shall we crack on with our uh, first topic? This week's for... news. Yeah, yes. this week's news. Of course, the... And it's uh, all fruity. It is. It is indeed. Here we go. No frills fruity. <laughs> um, Fat free. It is that time of year again when uh, the bigwigs at Apple roll out some of their new technology and updates. Uh, and it comes with either amazement from tech journos and geeks and Apple fans worldwide. Not from this tech journo. Well, not from this guy. We'll come to that later. Um, or it comes with disappointment from people like this guy over here. Um, it is WWDC 2017. No, not what would Duncan choose. Uh, uh, but, uh, but the worldwide It's been working on his comedy. Yeah, that took me a week to write there. <laughs> I've been thinking of a D name. What would uh, D- Dolores? Aaron. I thought Duncan sounded more. Duncan's common. good. It's very, very uh, strong name. Indeed. Anyway, it's the Worldwide Developers Conference yeah. uh, that's been happening. In fact, it wraps up tomorrow. I think it's it's quite a long conference. And it um, for like four days. Apple yeah. can't really have that much stuff to. Release. Happens every year too. Yeah. And it's not Apple's only conference every year either. So no, I don't understand what they fill up four days with, but that's what they do. Indeed. I'm not here to tell Apple what to do. No. 
Well, <laughs> I'd like to sometimes, <laughs> but not my job. Anyway, we'll, let, we'll quickly go through some of the big announcements, yeah. and we'll, there's one we really want to dwell, in, dwell on a little bit. Um, so one of the big ones is they've uh, confirmed that iOS 11 is coming out later this year, yep. and they've confirmed some of the functionality that's going to come with it, including uh, the fact that iMessage, uh, their, their native messaging platform, um, will now be backed up to iCloud, and you can sync it across all devices. So, Which is interesting, because the whole point of iMessage was it was very secure and only on one device. Well, that's so it's almost completely changing what iMessage is. They are still saying that it will be end-to-end encrypted. So, but where's the end? Yeah, it's exactly. in the cloud, where's the end? So as long as you don't have an iCloud, someone doesn't get your iCloud login and password and login right, on their yeah. iPad, it should be encrypted. Um, that was us fingers crossing our fingers for those that, uh, that don't, um, for those that are watching, listening on the podcast. Yeah. We lost our live stream. I know, that's why I paused, so I figured you could edit this. In my head until we're live. And we're live. Hello! Sorry, welcome back. Um, minor internet issue. Um, our IT expert, our IT consultant not consultant but he's more our it uh, basically our talk, IT we have talk talk fiber here at the studios and it's it, it's worked perfectly since it was installed until, until today. today and it seems to be falling over every 20 minutes or so so we just have to pack the rest of the podcast into the next 20 minutes all right ready ready um where would where did we leave off so we we're talking about the apple worldwide developers conference and how long it is yeah so now should we just get into what they announced yeah, well, I'd already started iOS 11. Let's start with iOS 11. iOS 11. Okay. Yeah. Ready? And go. So one of the big things they announced this week was uh, that iOS 11 is coming out later this year. It's probably going to come around, uh, you know, um, August, September when yeah. they announce their new range of iPhones or whatever they whatever they announce at that time. Um, but some of the big things that are coming with that is iMessages can now be backed up onto iCloud right. and synced across devices. So if you're sending a message from your iPad to another iMessage recipient, that will also sync with the phone. So it means you're not having to think, okay, well, where's where's this message trail gone? Um, which is Lost. fantastic. Lost? I reckon, I reckon let's we'll start with iOS 11 again and just edit all the middle shit. Because I won't be have access to these files because they're just dropping. Oh, so of course, I, I for video. Yeah, video. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we're going to have... iOS 11. Go. You okay? No, I'm not okay. I'm okay. not Okay. We work so hard on putting this podcast together. I'm getting too emotional for this podcast. But, you know, we've got this great setup, team trying to put this stream together. And the one thing that we need is a stable connection to the internet. And we pay for that. Yeah. We pay good money for a good, solid fiber connection. And it works until the hour we need it. Technology, eh? Gotta love it. What a, what a bitch. Gonna need to do some bleeping in this later. Yeah. Right. We could just... We could do this as a little bonus. Are we bo- bonus, bonus rant for our paid subscribe. No, we don't have paid subscribers. We've got sponsors. Anyway, um, iOS eleven. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. Back to the podcast. 
So one of the big things is they announced that iOS 11 is coming later this year, probably yeah. around August, September, when um, you know when they announce their new iPhones or whatever they're going to announce. Quite, um, it's quite early to announce this, isn't it? Apple normally announce a new operating system and then roll it out right. within weeks, don't they? Well, sometimes they do. They have, you know, sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't. In the past, yeah. they've, you know, they've flagged that it's coming and they've released a beta for testing yeah um and then they've finally announced okay well this is the final thing this is what it's got i think it's probably a similar similar case here is that they've announced that it's it's coming yeah this is what it is and then they'll roll it out to testers and then they'll roll out the final product with new iphones yeah um anyway so some of the big features of this is that iMessages will now be backed up in iCloud across all devices so right. um, the you know it used to be end-to-end encryption that will still be there but you'll be able to do it between you know your iPhone your iPad whatever Apple device you have so it will all sync up so you won't have to worry about okay well hold up I thought I had a message but it's actually on that device but it's not on this device so it'll all be in sync across all devices okay. you're logged into which is good convenient it's very convenient Definitely to be convenient. honest I think that should be something that should be should have been there from day one yeah but it hasn't anyway one of the other cool <laughs> things reason. there one of the other cool things they're introducing is person to person payments um this is via apple pay and basically through iMessage say that Josh has an iPhone which we know he's not going to get no so. never 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 quite happy with the bush and let's just say i had an iphone as well <laughs> which might happen one day again i could then get a bush you know well how to pass person to person payments i i could basically send Josh can. some money through you had a paypal Person to person payments have existed for years. <laughs> okay. Do it on but PayPal. Through I do it on Monzo. I could I could literally send you a text message with fifty pounds attached to it. You can do that on Facebook Messenger and then it's not tied to the platform. But this is built into Apple's native iOS now. But Facebook Messenger is an app I can have on any phone, no matter the platform. Yeah, but you still have to add a third party app to do that. Yeah, but well, I, so okay, Ed, are you gonna right. buy a new phone okay, and not I'll, put Facebook Messenger and on? And will it? that work directly with your bank straight away? I think it's tied to your card or with your bank. Yeah, so Apple's not going to work directly with your bank straight away because what bank accepts payments in immediately? Th- that is true, but it's all going to be built in with Apple Pay, which you've already set up your cards and accounts and everything on. True, and I'm I, I don't know what Facebook Messenger is tied to. I think it might be the pay. I, th- I think it might be PayPal. Yeah, I'm so you still sure. have to have a PayPal account to do that. Then you, you do. But if I were Facebook, I'd be working closely with both Apple and Android Pay to get that sorted. It would be nice to see Facebook yeah. actually, this actually available through Facebook Messenger. Anyway, anyway, I'm just playing devil's advocate and saying this is not new. I know. So iOS 11 will actually make that native within the iMessage right. app. Um, on top of that, they've made some improvements to the camera app. They're using a different type of compression uh, for their photos now. And you know how Apple last... Was it last year or the year before? They came out with live photos. You know, you take a photo and it sort of makes a little couple of seconds. Yeah. And takes a whole lot of frames. Very gimmicky. There. Very gimmicky. Unnecessary. However, they're now <laughs> saying that you can now edit those live images. So, say for example, you know, the frame you took isn't great, but a couple of frames before it is, you know, you can edit individual frames within okay. that live photo, which is pretty That's handy then. That is, that is a good Better thing. than the gimmicky three-second photo. Exactly, yeah. which can only work on an iPhone anyway. Yeah. Um, so as I said, it should be around out about later this year, um, probably around the time when they announce what new iPhones are coming out. So August, September, I think those, yeah. that is yeah. that is happening. Uh, they've also got a new operating system for their Apple Watch, Watch OS 4, which includes new watch faces, including Siri-type notifications. Yeah. Um, and the reason they've done that is to compete with Google Assistant being available on Android Wear. So again, Apple are coming late to the party, Yeah. but... 
we'll see if it's actually any <laughs> better or worse. But it is good that they're actually thinking, okay, well, we need to up our game on this. We can't just let it lapse. Yeah. Um, on sure. top of that, they've got an update to Mac OS, uh, Sierra. Um, they've got an update to Mac OS Sierra, sorry. Um, <laughs> not Sierra is not the update. Um, they've also got new hardware, new iMacs, new MacBooks. They've got an iMac Pro coming out, yep. um, several thousand dollars, which is a little bit outside of my budget. <laughs> sorry, it's sad to say. Um, they've also got a new iPad Pro. It's going to be larger with a 10.5-inch tw- screen, and they're saying it's going to cost around $650. US Are people... Are- like are business people really buying the iPad Pro? I, I find it hard to believe. I don't know. I think I it's... genuinely do. I, I, the thing I, I see the iPad Pro for, it's more for... It's less for business. I think it's more for creatives. You know, you can do a lot oh, more drawing, art, photo it's editing. It's an iPad, sort of though. Like, it it's is. not as flexible as, as getting a, a, a decent design laptop. Hmm. I, I guess it depends on whether you are, you are a Mac or a Windows person. If you're a Windows person, it's going to feel... It, it's going to be really out of place. But yeah. I think if you've if you've got an iMac, if you've got an iBook... An um, iBook? An iBook. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going way back. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you've got that Apple infrastructure already there, I think it will actually sync with it quite well. But, that, but that's, like, if you have a MacBook, we're going to pay another $600 for a glorified iPad. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, Apple is obviously going to sell some, or they wouldn't be putting it out, but I just don't quite understand the niche there. Well, the, the MacBooks don't have touchscreen capability, do they? Do the new the ones? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, all I know is the new ones suck. But <laughs> I, I know they've got the touch bar. Yeah, the which touch is bar, awful. which is just really random. Um, it's gimmicky. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite get the iPad Pro's market, but mm. clearly it's not me. No. <laughs> um, and they've also got an update to the App Store coming uh, along yep. with iOS 11. But the big thing that they've announced big. is they have announced some competition for Amazon and Google, and the fact in their HomePod, um, which is similar to the Amazon Echo, similar to Google Home. Yep. It's basically them coming to the party too late, but with what looks like a, it looks like a good quality product. But yep. And you know, if you've got other Apple devices, it's just going to work. However, it is pricey. That's that's what Apple is. They're, they've come up with this thing called the HomePod. It, it's a multi-channel echo. It's got multi-channel echo cancellation and yeah. separation. So um, it's also meant to detect what type of room you're in and figure out okay, what's the sound? What how you know it will it will adjust the sound based on the room you're in, which yeah. I think is pretty cool for a speaker. Yeah. But that's the thing. They are marketing it as a speaker as opposed to a smart assistant. Like we're Apple. live again. And oh, I'm just we're back live. By the way. Okay. Just just because. Okay. <sighs> If you're joining us on the stream again, we're having some serious broadband issues. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so no, so the new speaker. This is the HomePod from Apple. This is the HomePod from Apple. Should I start this bit again so we can... Start the HomePod bit again. Okay, yeah. and we can just edit this. I'll, I'll do my best. This podcast is going to sound so fragmented. Sorry. Sorry to our <laughs> podcast listeners. The big announcement that Apple came out with, though, was they finally got some competition for Amazon and Google and their HomePod, which is their, their smart speaker, although they're not... Uh, they're not marketing it as a smart speaker. They're marketing it as a speaker first with yeah. smart features. Which is say. which is interesting because there are some big companies that exist that make good speakers for less money. Mm. Which you can then just Bluetooth your iPhone to or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's I don't quite get this because obviously it's a smart speaker to compete with Google Home, Amazon Echo. Yeah. Which are already quite well established in the market as the two options. Mm. Um, but rather than saying, here's our smart speaker, it's here's our quite expensive Bluetooth speaker. By yeah, the way, it's got Siri. It, it's smart, but I mean, 
it's a nice. First and foremost, it's a nice speaker. It better be a nice Bluetooth well, speaker for thing, three hundred and fifty dollars. The initial reviews have come out saying it actually does produce a bloody good sound. Yeah, which, which is good, you know. But that being said, you know, with Google Home that we tried a few episodes ago, that has bloody good sound. With the Amazon Echo Dot that we That's tried, you know, re- that well, can connect to a Bluetooth yeah. speaker with bloody good sound. Or the full the full size Amazon Echo actually does sound really good. I will say. So I mean, it, it, it's it, less than half the price. Exactly. <laughs> that that is the big thing here. You know, Apple have come out with this really expensive speaker yeah for 350 us dollars which at the current exchange rate is around 270 pounds but we know when it comes over here it's going to be 350 pounds most likely pound to dollar pricing well the the other thing is they're not really siri at the moment is known for being just pants Mm. as far as um uh, assistants go Mm. um because i mean when it came out nearly 10 years ago not quite, but, you know, quite a few years ago, it was quite good. But it hasn't kept up. And people with iPhones know that Siri sucks. Mm. So to then say this speaker's got Siri, without giving us too much detail on whether Siri's going to be good now, <laughs> are, are you really going to pay $350 for a speaker with Siri? I think they have actually announced that they are making changes to Siri and actually improving it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see evidence of that, though. Not you know, just it, Tim Cook saying, honest, it's good. Um, they have said that Siri will have improved speech and can suggest actions based on uh, how you use it as well. So they have okay. actually, you know, they are upping their game there as well. I hope so. I really do. Because like I say, I, all iPhone owners know Siri sucks. Uh, it, has, it has good bits and bad bits. It did. But I mean, now yeah. that you, you can now put... Now you've got Google you can put Google, Yeah, you can put Google Assistant on an iPhone. Why would you use Siri? Because you can say, hey, Siri. And, and I'm just doing that so that anyone that's listening to this on an iPhone is suddenly finding that their Siri is activated and it's paused the podcast for them. Okay, Google. Alexa. There you go. There we go. We're just okay, testing we're, all your We've got the balance now. Uh, um, anyway. I just, I just don't get what, what they're trying to... like. They are... I mean, they're trying... They're coming to the party too late, but they are coming with what looks like a premium product. This is this is what Apple's been doing. This is what they did in the watch space. Yeah. Um, you know, the only area they've really led in recently has been smartphones, and now they're being overtaken. That's the only area. Yeah. For the watches, they came way too late. Yeah. You know, Android Wear had been established for quite yeah. a long time. Um, and here, again, you know, the smart speakers have been out there for a while now. Yeah. And Apple is saying, oh, now we'll, now we'll do it. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and full disclosure, as I've said before on this show, I'm not an Apple fan. Really? And I, Yeah, really. I, I no and idea. I don't own Apple products. <laughs> I, I can appreciate their products, and I can appreciate technically what they're trying to do. But I reckon the way Apple's go now is just insulting to their customers. Because if you're an Apple customer, you have already spent a lot of money with this company, and you expect them to, you know, come up with products regularly that is a solid update, and you also and expect them well. to innovate, yeah, yeah, every now and again. And what we're seeing now, and we we especially saw this with the iPhone Seven, is they are innovating for the sake of innovating, not. You know, Let's not, be honest. Apple for a while have just been playing catch up. They haven't been. They leaving. have, and I, I, as much as an iPhone, when you pick it up and you do what you want to do on it, it does work. And I am going to get technical here, so I apologise. I hadn't looked into what the specs of an iPhone are for a long time, and I did the other day just purely out of interest. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe not because you want to buy one. No, not at all. Not after looking <laughs> at the specs, especially. But 
I reckon it's so insulting to customers that they're charging so much money, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, for a phone. And they're still trying to tell you that a dual-core processor with two gigabytes of RAM is acceptable. Mm. And while it does perform pretty good for general tasks, again, iPhone users know when you start trying to load up too many apps at once, an iPhone does stutter. And that's why. Because especially the top of the, the range... Especially as the technology Android develops phones, and the apps yeah. actually get more, you know, need more power... The, the iPhone can get out of date very quickly. The, well, the, the top-of-the-range Android phones now are octa-core. So that's dual-core, two processors. Yeah. Octa-core, eight processors. And at minimum, four gigabytes of RAM. And I will be fair here and say that Android as an operating system does require more power um, to just to function. So you can get away with a slightly lower processor with iOS. Mm. But to tell your customers that a dual-core is fine and you have to pay this much is insulting. To tell your customers who have spent so much money on MacBooks over the years that they don't need all those ports, one port is fine, and we're going to put a ridiculously gimmicky touchscreen on your keyboard, so insulting. But this is the thing with Apple, is that they've got hardcore fans that will buy whatever Apple put out there. They, True. They will not be insulted. They'll be like, oh, that's new, I want it. Well, I, I want but, it now. But I've got a friend like that, and I was talking to her, uh, and she won't mind me naming her, Courtney, um, yesterday about this um because she's got an iphone 6 plus at the moment Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to upgrade to the iphone 7 because she wants to plug headphones into her phone but the the thing is she says all her life from when she was learning with computers it was on like a a, a macintosh power pc or something Mm -hmm. it's always been apple always had apple her whole ecosystem is apple had apple at the schools she um was at when she was growing up Uh, her household had apple computers and then iphones and she's so entrenched in that system she doesn't want to change but she says at, there will be a point when she's pushed over the edge. Well, that was that was me with she the latest iPhone. Tipped over. Well, not the, so not the latest. Yeah. A couple of iPhones ago, when I was like, okay, my iPhone's running really slow. I've, I've, you know, the button's broken. There are things that aren't working with it. Yeah. Do I upgrade? Do I get the new iPhone? Do I fork out all that cash, or do I just bite the bullet and make the switch to Android? And I did that. And yeah. you know, I've had this phone for quite a while. It's had to be replaced because I cracked the screen. <laughs> Um, That's user error, though, to be fair. That is user error. (laughs) However, the insurance company, they said, well, look, we can't guarantee it's going to be waterproof, so we'll just have to replace it for you. Great. Sorted. No problem. Fantastic. New phone. Yeah. You know, and I haven't looked back. There are things that I can do on Android that I can't easily do on Apple, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to, like, photo editing on the go. I just, I've got a little cable, a little adapter, so I can plug in a USB drive or connect my camera to it or plug in an SD card reader. And I'm away. I w- for Apple, I would have to buy their specific adapter. Many, many and dongles. It, and it wouldn't even work on iPhone. It's only every, works for iPad. Every Apple user must have a dongle drawer in their house. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, that's, that's it. You, you will insult customers to the point where you're tipping them over the edge. The, like, and, and it's basic things that, that Apple still doesn't have. Mm. Fast charging. Can't believe Apple doesn't have fast charging. The cheapest Android phones are now coming out with fast charging. So this is what Courtney was saying. If the iPhone 8 is still just playing catch-up, She's going to just have to bite the bullet and make the switch. And that's why I don't understand this HomePod. You've already got two very established products in the market that are reasonably priced for what they are. And you're coming in and saying, we can totally do this so much better. And we're going to charge you so much more without proving the product. It just <sighs> smacks of insolence to me. Indeed. Well, the proof will be in the uh, numbers when they come out over the next year or so, when we find out exactly how many they sold. I'll tell you what the proof will be. how much money they're making or losing. The proof will be if Apple are willing to give us a trial unit, and I highly doubt it. They don't really. <laughs> Apple are very sort of journalist um, unfriendly. Mm. Mm. Oh, well. I'd like to see the product. I would. We'll see what we can do. 
It's polling day. Well, it was polling day if you were listening to this. True. Because if you're listening to this, it's after 10 o'clock and the polls have closed. But it's before 10 o'clock right now when we're recording this. Yeah, that's a good point. Have you voted, Ed? Yes, I have. Have you? Not yet. Whoa! I've got to get out as soon as we're done here. Do it now. Um, well, okay, bye. No, don't do it now. Don't, we're, still gonna, we're still gonna finish the podcast. Of course. So this is, it is polling day in the UK. It is the general election. Um, and it is, uh, let's just get that. We There we go. There we go. That's a bit Tell. better. Um, and it is uh, probably the first general election in which tech companies have gotten quite involved um, in trying to mobilize the vote. We'll briefly go over what the big talk has been, which is the issue of dark ads. Mm -hmm. And dark ads, basically in previous elections, political parties have mainly advertised on TV in the newspapers. And those ads are for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. People can scrutinize them. A lot of them are, you know, legislatively provided for them, like party political broadcasts on the BBC. Yeah. So they have to meet all... um, Requirements of balance uh, of tr- well of a certain level of truth. <laughs> um, Three hundred and fifty million on the bus. Oh, that bus, that bloody bus. Anyway, um, but the issue this election has been the issue of dark ads, and basically what this is is parties have been paying for ads on Facebook, on YouTube, and targeting them at certain groups. But because they're targeted at certain groups. They're not open for everyone to scrutinize. So parties would have paid for uh, paid sponsorship spots on, excuse me, on, um, you know, on people's Facebook feeds yeah. that, that we don't know about. Because unless you're the target market, no one knows about it. So there's probably hundreds of varieties of ads that have been pushed out there this election that no one, apart from the people who put them out there, know about. Because a lot of these audiences probably aren't the kind to worry about scrutinising ads. Hmm. It's interesting. So, I, I got a couple of ads that popped up in my news feed. Yeah. And I was fascinated because it was actually an ad for my for my for one of my local candidates. I was right. thinking, okay, so they've really targeted this ad. And then you can actually click on the little arrow and see why am I seeing this ad. And it says who... What group that you know? Who's been sort of gr- yeah. grouped in this, and why you might be seeing this ad? Yeah. Um. And they've really, you know, in the past with general elections, we've seen some sort of targeting, whether it's age group or whether it's um, you know, vague location like London or yeah. Manchester yeah. or Auckland or Wellington. You know, we we haven't seen this level of targeting ever before no. an election. No. And that and that is the concern of of many commentators. Um. So I think what we'll see after this election is perhaps a, a um, some sort of legislative change to how online advertising during an election is dealt with. Mm. Um, because it, it is concerning that perhaps parties could be pushing out messages that generally we don't know about. And it's reaching perhaps some very vulnerable um, groups. Perhaps it's reaching some very um, impressionable groups. Um, and the message... It's, it could be the kind of message that's not permitted uh, otherwise in, in election ads, but because the, these advertisements aren't controlled, we, we just don't know. Mm. But the main thing I wanted to talk about was how tech companies were getting involved in this election. Yeah. And youth apathy is a thing that's been going on for yeah. years, for years and years and years. And I remember, I mean, I voted as soon as I was 18. Same here. Um, I've, so, I've always been very yeah. in, as, as involved in the democratic process as possible. But we're not typical. No. In, in that We're regard. Special. 
Thanks, Ed. We're very special. But because, I mean, I remember being so frustrated, especially, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, uh, and getting involved in local elections, national elections, referendums, what have you. Um, and, you know, I just have friends that say, oh, it's, it's too hard. I don't know where to vote. I have no idea what the parties stand on. Because these people, um, these people, they're my friends, and they're still my friends, <laughs> I might add. But Not until they listen to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They're the kind of people who didn't watch the TV news. Um, I mean, because I've always worked in the media, so it's very pro- probably it's your face, a lot easier for me to access that information. Yeah. But for people who don't watch TV, like a lot of young people do, don't listen to radio news or read the newspaper uh, and don't seek out that sort of mainstream political news. Because let's be honest, it is considered boring and it is boring mm. a lot of the time. Um so it's easy to say, I don't know where to vote. I don't know. You know, I've never done it before. It just seems too hard. I don't know how. Whole, I don't know what the parties stand for. It's the whole CBA approach. Yeah. Just really can't be axed going to vote. And as much as that attitude annoys me and other people when I see it, I can completely understand it. Mm. Um, so this election in the UK, at least, we've seen tech companies get on board. And firstly, I've seen uh, in the last few days, YouTube, until today, they don't have it today because... Of course, it's polling day. Yeah. Um, they've had a top banner um, about the general election that links you through to a series of videos that tell you about how to vote, how to find out where to vote, um, and just the general issues of the election. And of course, YouTube is the number one broadcaster around the world for people under 18. Mm. So, and it's quite, it probably is for people sort of 18 to 24 as well. Mm. Um, Think about how many videos you watch on a daily basis just going through Facebook or YouTube or, yep. you know, links. You know, once you watch one YouTube video, you then start going down a rabbit hole and watching more and more and more. Yep. You know, to have that banner there, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So so that's so a YouTube made the decision to put this in front of young people and say, the election's happening. Here's the information. Go. Facebook has gone even further, I think, because people are on the Facebook app all the time, logging in just to check mm-hmm. up on what's going on. For the last few days, or in fact the last few weeks when you've got on, onto Facebook on the computer or in the app, um, it's had at the top a banner about the elections coming up. Um, here are the issues and you can compare them. And it's actually got in a very easy to digest format what the various parties' uh, manifesto pledges are, what the sort of trending issues are, mm-hmm. um, in a format that is designed for younger people to be able to comprehend. Mm. And then today on polling day, I went into the app earlier and it said today's polling day and you could click through to this election section of Facebook and it would help you find your nearest polling station. It would Mm -hmm. explain the process of going to vote, what you needed to take, which by the way is nothing. Um, And it also still had links through to the party's websites and things like that. So you could still compare the issues. Not only that, uh, you know, in in, what, about a month ago, you know, when it was getting to the point where you had to register to vote, you know, Facebook were very actively, actively saying, look, you need to register to vote by this date. Here's all the information. They've been putting that sort of information in front of these eyeballs every day. Yeah. So it's, it's been huge. And I think, um, Maybe this is the the tech companies sort of waking up as a cliche, but Mm. waking up to realize that they have the responsibility to reach younger people that perhaps the broadcasters did in days gone by and the newspapers did in days gone by. Um, Because like I said, YouTube is the number one broadcaster among young people around the world. Mm. Facebook is in front of billions of eyeballs every day. Um, And these are eyeballs and ears that, haven't grown up 
flicking on the TV at six o'clock, that haven't grown up picking up a paper from the newsagents on the way to work. So they don't see that traditional information. Mm -hmm. So putting it in front of them in a way that they can understand and in a way that, I've got to be honest, was quite balanced, especially compared to Britain's newspapers, um, is... It, w- it was really heartening to see, but it'll be interesting to see what the youth turnout is this election and then to sort of try and decipher how much of an impact the um, push from these technology networks, these providers, the social media networks had on, on that youth turnout. Mm. I'd like to know. We'll find out. Well. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already found out because they'll have a the poll straight out at 10 True. Well, well, we don't know what the youth turnout will be, though, for a few days until we sort of see what the, the exit polls and things like that mm. come out. Because, again, we, there is no official count of how many in each age group turned out. Mm. But the exit polls should give us a pretty good idea, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, fun times. Fun times. And we've got another election later this year, for, for Josh and myself at least. New Zealand. New Zealand election. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. It's not on a Thursday though, so we won't have a blackout. No, and we'll have to do it by postal vote anyway. Uh, Actually, it was really cool. Can, with can, the, you not, can you not drop off the vote down at New Zealand House though? You might be able to. That'd, but be, that'd be nice. We've recently had a referendum in New Zealand. Oh, mm-hmm. So many elections. Um, we had <laughs> I have, uh, after today, I would have voted six times in the last two years. That's a for lot. For various things. That's a lot of London voting. Mayor, uh, UK Brexit referendum and today's general election. Election. And then sorry, two flag sorry, referendums, two flag referendums, and an uh, Auckland local election. And then, so by the time the New Zealand general election in September is over, that's seven votes in two years. I mean, voter fatigue. I can definitely tell you <laughs> is a thing. Exactly. Um, but it was really cool with the with the flag referendum is that you they sent you your ballot paper. Yeah. You tick the box. Yep. You tore off the thing at the bottom. Yep. And instead of actually having to post it back or get it to a ballot box, you just took a photo of it, uploaded it to the elections website. Yep. And your vote was done. They made it as easy as possible for people outside the country, which I think was fantastic. And we'll yep. look forward to seeing how they're going to do Although it Although you year. still had to post back that piece of paper as yeah, well after taking the photo. But I do like that because there is all this talk, especially from a lot of my peers, about, uh, you know, why can't we vote online? And yeah. there is some really important reasons why online voting is a terrible idea. It's so easy for someone to rig it without anyone knowing. Mm. Um, whereas a paper trail, to have a paper trail in the vote is very important. So I think that was a really good way to do it. You, you can take a photo, send it away, and the vote there immediately to be counted but then still submitting that paper means there's still a paper trail later in case there's any concerns of fraud Mm. there you go maybe that's something to be looked at in the uk but anyway happy democracy day everybody go vote Um, well no well by the time you've heard this it's it's too late but i I hope you did vote if you didn't you need to take a long hard look at yourself i mean at least go and spoil your ballot paper so that you know if you don't like any of the candidates that's a fine decision but just draw something rude on the piece of paper Go down to the polling station at the very least, is all I'll say. Everybody's favourite segment. Uh, Are you excited, Ed? I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm always pumped for this. So it is a, a, the Techno Dinosaur, and it is a time when our good friend Michelle, who calls herself a Techno Dinosaur, I always have to clarify that, so that especially so new listeners or viewers know that we're not just being insulting. Yeah. Um, she's terrible with technology. Yeah. Just pants. Um... And every week, she has a question yep. about technology. And this week, actually, it was a few weeks ago, she's bought a new phone, and she's really struggling to set it up. So should we, should we hear from Michelle? Yeah, let's do it. I got an upgrade. Uh, I got an iPhone SE about three weeks ago. I currently have an iPhone 5C. And I put my chip in the new phone, 
and it said that basically none of my contacts were in there so I went back and put my chip in the old phone and tried to put the contacts on the sim but I don't even know if that's a thing with iPhones and so basically now I cannot get I don't know how to get my contacts from one iPhone to the other iPhone does okay. that make sense? it does so just to clarify when you say chip you're talking about your sim card right? Yes, is that is that not what we call it? Uh, you might call it. It's not. Okay. You can call it a chip. It is technically a chip, so okay. that's that's fine. Okay. Um, and so you only put the SIM card into the new phone. You haven't logged into your Apple account on it or anything like that yet. I can't remember when I put the SIM card in, and I did it like repeatedly because I'm not very clever. It did ask me something about my iCloud account, but I can't remember what it was, and I'm pretty sure I said no. And I'm not sure if I can go back and start again and say yes. That could be an issue, but we'll 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 get to the bottom of it and uh, try and find your contacts for you. Well, the good thing is we've we've got to the bottom of it within uh, seconds. Just log into your iCloud account, yeah, Michelle. basically. So back in yeah. the day when you had the old GSM phones, you know, you could store so many contacts on your SIM card, and that yeah. was the only way. You know, in a lot of phones, that was the only place you could actually store contacts, yeah. which was fantastic. So when you got a new phone, you just take out the SIM card, put it in the new one, all your contacts would be there. But this was back before the cloud and before phones were connected to the internet. So if you couldn't do that, you would be manually looking at both phones and trying to switch them over. I, I do remember my good old Alcatel oh, yeah. brick. Having to put in phone, Motorola T190 was my first phone. Oh. cost $149. Oh. Unbelievably Remember expensive. Remember the 3310 yeah. when it only oh, cost about 300 Huge. Yeah. Huge. huge. Um, but the, the the reason that phones don't do that anymore, because Michelle did actually ask, this, ask me this off camera, you know, why, why don't phones do that anymore, is because that could only store uh, about 10 characters of a name and the number. Mm. And these days we want contacts to contain their email, perhaps their address, photo, uh, Skype name. Um, all these other details which yeah. you know would take up all the data on your SIM card. Exactly. So what they what what's happened in recent years is instead of actually storing them on the SIM card, a lot of them stored the a lot of phones actually stored the contacts on the phone itself. Yeah. And then that moved once we got into the age of the cloud to yeah. be able to actually back them up to a service like iCloud or Google Contacts if you're on Android. Yeah. Michelle's problem is basically you just need to log into iCloud yeah. on your phone. Make sure that all your contacts are backed up from your old phone into yeah. iCloud. Make sure that's logged in and is syncing those contacts. And then log in on the new phone. It will download all your contacts. It will download all your data. It will basically be as if you have just turned on your phone and it's all there. Yeah, and I did check Michelle's phone. If you're on iPhone, you can go into settings and then your iCloud settings, and it will have little switch marks uh, for what you're backing up. And she was backing up contacts. On Android, uh, you just need to make sure that your contacts are saved, uh, your contacts are saved to Google. Yep. Um, and if they're not, you can back up the contacts to Google. Again, in contacts and then in your settings. Quite easy to find. But just make sure your contacts are always backed up. Because also, if your phone, if you lose it, or if it breaks, or you have, you know, you, anytime you have to get a replacement phone, you want to be able to just bring them all over. You don't want to have to be worrying about, oh no, I've broken my phone. And the last time I did a backup was two months ago. Just, yeah. just let it constantly back up. I mean, it's not using much data at all. It's just any little change, it'll be there on your iCloud straight away, or, or, that or it, Google contacts. That old Facebook status update: mm. new number, text me. <laughs> new phone, no numbers, text days. me. You know. Um, now we also have a bonus in the Techno Dinosaur this week. What? Uh, is it Michelle? <laughs> we've already had Michelle. Um, Wait, you mean there's another Techno Dinosaur we, we, out there? We have another Techno Dinosaur question <gasps> from our friend. You know him, uh, Ed? Ollie. Who? Ollie. Who? Ollie. 
Oh, Ollie. 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 Um, so he's got a question about photos this week. Okay. I'm worried about my photos because I have loads on my camera and on my phone and add more all the time. And then I save them on my computer, but then the computer gets filled up and I've saved some of them, backed some of them up to an external hard drive and some to different online services, but they're all in different places and also... I was told that the external hard drive should also be backed up. So is there one overarching perfect solution for me? Please help me in tech today. You're my only hope. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Star Wars reference, Ollie. Thank you for that. Um, There is. Yeah. My first recommendation, you may disagree, Ed, but Google Photos. Yes, I I do like Google Photos because basically Google Photos will back up everything and you've got unlimited photo storage. And it's completely free if it's at low quality. No, you, but no, but you can't call it low quality yet. It's not low okay, quality. Okay, it's, it's pretty good quality. It's not. It's it's not full eighteen megapixel DSLR quality, but yeah. it's good enough. It, it, it's, it's good enough if it's photos on your phone or photos it, on your it's little. It's good enough to print. It's good enough to print. It's good enough to put on your TV. It's good enough for ninety nine percent of people because I know you're a you're a photo buff. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to put your DSLR I'm, photos I'm on there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll be okay for Ollie. It'll be yeah. so. So I will. I will absolutely counter that point that it's not. It's not low quality. It's up to. I think. I, I mean, I'm talking comparatively. It's double HD, which is pretty good, and it's great if you're. If you're very good. It's, it's double right. HD. Well, it's twice as good as HD. It is good if you're. If all you're doing is taking photos of mates out and about, you're sharing them on Facebook. You just want those memories there, so that you. Why? Why is it not good enough? What's it not good enough for? I'm, T- convince me yet, because I'm, I'm convinced Google Photos is good enough for no, most people. For most people, it is good <laughs> enough. I, I'm looking at from the from the photo enthusiast point of view. But me. we're but we're trying to help Ollie. I know we're He's trying not to a help. Photo Ollie. I know. I'm, ju- I know, I'm just. I'm There's just... so much heat in the studio. I love it. I know. <laughs> okay, for ninety nine percent of yeah. people. Services like Google Photos, and Google Photos is bloody amazing because it is completely free. You've yeah. got unlimited storage for quality of, and it will downscale the quality of your photos. So it won't be completely full size, but yes, you're right. They will still be good enough for printing, um, for, for sharing yeah. online. For, for basically everything your Nana did with photos. Yeah. Making an album. <laughs> if you are looking, if you have a high-end camera or are looking to back up full quality photos. Yeah. Obviously, the external hard drive is a great idea. And yes, you should have a backup of that external hard drive. You know, you should have a backup of, the, of a fixed backup somewhere. Always. In the cloud or on another hard drive. Yeah. Because external hard drives, they can fail. They can get lost. They can I've get had, stolen. I've had external hard drives fail so many times. Me too. I had to get someone to actually, we, you know, we had to... Open it up. Open it up. I know. You don't want that. No. So an external hard drive is great. But perhaps for Ollie's yeah. case, Google Photos is fantastic. It's completely free. You know, there are yeah. other. Storage- There's also uh, Amazon Prime Photos is actually really good too, and you have that if you have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah. Um, this logo behind us, if you're watching on the stream, is uh, currently being held in Amazon Prime Photos and streamed to the TV. Hot Certainly. tip. And that's always good, you know, with Google Photos and with Amazon Prime, you know, it does link with your other devices. Yeah. So, you know, I've got the Google Photos app on my phone. If the second I take a photo on the phone, it just updates to Google yeah. Photos straight away. So yeah. that way they're all in the same place. Um, Done, without thinking about it. Yeah. So for those high-end photography listeners, though, because I'm sure we have a few. External hard drive. Yep. And an online backup solution. I wouldn't recommend... If, if you use Google Photos, I recommend paying for the storage space. Yeah. If, use Google Drive, basically, yeah. as opposed to... If the full sort of... Not raw size, but the full size JPEG is important to you. Yep. Then pay for you're, you're pay. going to have to pay because those files are huge. Yeah, basically. exactly. That being said, 
Um, I pay an Office subscription, so I get Word, PowerPoint, Excel, all that okay, stuff. Okay, so that's and Office it, 365. Exactly, yeah. and it comes with a terabyte free of OneDrive storage, which I wasn't using at all. At the moment, I'm using that to back up my hard drives. There you go. So it, terabyte's you know, quite a bit. It is quite a bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually nearly at the limit. Oof. And Ed takes one or two photos and I've only a back, second. And I've only backed up to 2015. I'm shooting in RAW, though. So that's Ed's got some work to do. Yeah. You need to back up, mate. That, that is the only downside about OneDrive, is that, you know, things like... Um, Google Google Drive and all that stuff, you know, you can actually sync it, you know, easily, you know, just drag and drop, sync, whatever. Yeah. Um, OneDrive, if I want to sync, I have to have the space on my computer to do it. Right. Which is a bit of a pain. Okay. Yeah. You don't have a spare terabyte on your computer, do you? No, not really. No. Okay. Terabyte. So there we go. So for casual users, something like Google Photos, or if you have a Prime account, Amazon Prime Photos is quite good. Yep. Um, if you're a bit more professional, you want to back up full-size JPEG or RAW files, external hard drive, but back that up to some cloud service. Yeah, always have a backup of the backup. Uh, Dropbox is a good one. Mega is actually pretty good. Mm. Um, Box.com, is that still around? They were pretty good last time I used them. Mm. You never heard of them? Never heard of them. (laughs) They're probably not still around then. Who knows? Who knows? Go check it out. Um, And Amazon also offers some storage options as well. They do. You can pay for more storage um, if, if you don't have a Prime subscription or if you have a Prime subscription and you need more storage. In fact, Apple gives you a, if you've got an iCloud account, you can... Buy storage pretty cheap as well, yeah. So there are options. Always options. And that's uh, all the time for this week. For this podcast. Josh dancing away on the couch here. Oh, music. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it's, been a, oh, it's been a harrowing episode, actually, technically. I'm glad we've got it there. Um, we've, we've got it out. We've done it. We've done it. Um, anyway, if you do want to follow us, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We are on Twitter, at intechtodaypod. You can follow Josh at J-W-O-O-O-T. You can follow me at SwiftyNZ. And you can also subscribe to us on Periscope as well. So when we do the live streams every Thursday, you'll get a notification on your phone. So that's also Pod on Periscope. This was a harrowing episode. Um, I will repeat once again, especially if you're on the live stream, we had to make several attempts. We got there. We got there in the end. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have one single coherent stream. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. Um, now, if you if you want to hear more about the BA meltdown, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. last week's episode's, episode's got some of that. If you want to hear more about EU roaming charges, they're stopping in just a few days now. Last week's episode's got more of that. Or smart TVs. Last week's episode's got more of that. Basically... Subscribe and download last week's episode as well as this one and yep. all the others. Yeah. Just listen. Definitely. Listen to us. And we'll see you next are you here next Thursday? Yet? I'm here next Thursday. Are you here next Thursday? Oh, I'll be here next Thursday. We'll see you next Thursday. questions or if your technology is making you feel like a dinosaur get in touch with us on twitter episode hosting and sponsorship provisioning for this show is provided by blog talk radio to supercharge your podcast hosting and get the right advertisers for your show see intech.today slash blog talk radio intech today is a production of parktown studios in london